0: for joining us again in our Bible study. If you're joining us for the first time, we have been trying to go through the whole Bible book by book. We started out in Genesis, and today we're dealing with the book of Judges. So I hope that you are enjoying yourself. And one thing that I mentioned to you all is that These books, to a large extent, they're actually connected with one another. So today we're going to focus on the book of Judges. What in the world can we learn from the book of Judges? Well, let me lead you into that book very briefly. You remember I told you how God created heaven and earth. To be honest with you, he just created this planet Earth and put man in charge of it to have fellowship with man. And also he charged the man that he put in charge to make sure he kept that planet and he dressed that planet. In other words, man was put in charge of the whole thing. So that was the whole idea. This fellowship with God, hang out with God from time to time. Uh, God will come down and hang out with with man. And then he put man in charge to to dress the garden and and keep it. Well, you know the story in the book of Genesis, man failed. That gentleman's name is Adam. Well, God don't want to just give up on his own planet, So, you've seen what he did, he came up with another gentleman by the name Noah. And you remember Noah did his own thing with the flood, and God cleaned up the old planet Earth trying to start or jumpstart things again. And of course, unfortunately, when it's all over, Noah failed to take note of a pattern here. Adam, empowered, he failed. Noah, empowered, he failed. After Noah, God looked for another man. He found Abraham. And you know the story about Abraham too. Empowered, anointed, but yet he made mistakes. Then the people end up in slavery in Egypt. And then God had to find another man. Can you see a pattern? God always trying to fix things. And man always trying to mess it up. (laughs) It is so sad to say that, but it's so true. Then this time he raised up another man by the name Moses. Moses was supposed to deliver the people and he did a good job and he brought them out Moses operated in the wilderness you see Adam the first guy operated in the garden of Eden Noah is known for the flood then Abraham operated with all the promises of God and all that and then they end up in Egypt as slaves then you see Moses he had his own opportunity to lead God's people in the wilderness. 40 years wide open space. But again, he didn't quite make it. Then God raised another man. God is always looking for somebody. By the way, let me stop and minister to you. Do you realize that the eyes of the Lord is going to and fro throughout the old earth to find somebody that he can show himself strong in their life. You know what I'm trying to say? you may well be that somebody that God is looking for to use. If you see the pattern of behavior of Almighty God, he's always looking for somebody. Adam, Noah, Abraham, Joseph, then we got got Moses, now we have Joshua. So let me encourage you, make yourself available to be used by God. The best thing you can ever do on this planet Earth is to be available to be used by God. Joshua led the people, and they were able to enter into the promised land. And of course, you will recall, as we talk about it in the book of Joshua, when they entered the promised land, after they have defeated their enemies, guess what they did? They divided the spoil, They divided the land. So the, each tribe got a section. The tribe of Judah, the tribe of Benjamin, the tribe of Reuben. I mean, all and on, everybody got their own neck of the wood. Thank God for that. So that's where we are. And now we're in the book of Judges. What do you need to know about the book of Judges? The people who are now in the promised land. They got, each person got their own piece of the land for their tribe. Joshua ended up his own career and eventually died. But don't forget before he died, he warned the people, just like I'm warning you and me today. He warned the people, don't forget about your God who brought you out of slavery to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. There's a lesson there for you and me. Have you ever thought about how life used to be for our forefathers? They didn't have no ride. They didn't have no air condition. They didn't have no dishwasher. <laughs> I remember growing up, we had no dishwasher in my house. <laughs> the children were the dishwasher. <laughs> You see, God has brought us a mighty long way. Every night, and then I will remind my children how God has brought us. I was talking to one of my children the other day, you know, they're lawyers like me. And you see, two of them are lawyers right now. Another one is in law school and all that good stuff. But I shocked one of them. I said, when I was going to law school, I said, guess what? For three years, I did not know where the courthouse was located. This child was stunned. He said, Daddy, that's impossible. I said, but you know why I'm telling you? God used me to prepare the way for you. And I'm saying the same thing to you, my friend. Our forefathers went through some rough times. They made a way for us so that you and me can be a better person today. Can I be brutally honest with you? Our president, former President Obama, ah, many people might look at him and say, oh, he didn't do this, he didn't do that, he didn't do that. But guess what? God used him to prepare the way for the next black person male or female that will be president in the future are you listening to me so while he was in the office you know the best thing President Obama ever did I'm not playing politics I don't even belong to his party I'm just telling you the blunt truth that's what preachers do (laughs) <laughs> you see, he was able to maintain his position for the most part, free of scandal. Take care of his family, take care of his business. Then, give him involved in any big mess. Maintain a good name, so that you and me, who may have the opportunity to come after him, can do a, a better job. The same thing is true for the Israelites. Their forefathers went through some hard times, some rough ride, through the wilderness. Many of them died in the wilderness. Now they got it made. They are in the promised land, a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Are you listening to me? That's why Joshua said, look, don't forget how God brought you. How God made a way for you. How God established you a land. He gave you land that you didn't own. He gave you wells that you did not dig. He gave you, I mean, God has just been good to you and me. That's why Joshua warned them before he died. He said, you choose this day who you go to serve. Joshua said, but as for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. I felt that anointing in my being. Hallelujah. If you can open my heart today, the two main things I wanted to leave for my own children is to make sure that every one of them know the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, Other than that, I want to give them wings that they can fly on their own. A true ego knows at some point you've got to let your children fly. But I want you to focus on that first point. Choose this day who you're going to serve. Make sure God is in your agenda. Make sure that every one of your children knows the Lord. That's the best gift you could give to any child. Here we see all these children of Israel. You would think that they will remember everything God has done for them. They are now in the promised land and they just kick God to the curb. They just ignore their relationship with God. The book of Judges They show a pattern of behavior of these Israelites in the promised land. They got it going on now. They got land, they got houses, they got all kinds of whistles and bells. And then, guess the first mistake they made in the book of Judges. They got to the promised land and they failed to destroy it all the Canaanites who are in that land. You say, huh, what's the big deal about that? See, there's a reason why God says when you get into that promised land, clean house. Because God wants to make Israel his people. He doesn't want them to mix and mingle with the pagan world. You know, God realized that you cannot be friend with God and also be friend with this world. The first mistake Israel made, they conquered a lot of territories in Canaan, but they left a lot of space unconquered. Then later on, they start to mix and mingle. You probably see a lot of that today. <laughs> So they, they were marrying some of the Canaanites. The Canaanites married some of the Israelites. They socialized together. They, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to suggest that you be a racist whatever. no. Thank God that we are made in different colors, different cultures. That's a blessing. But when it comes to your faith in God, The Bible says, what commonality is there between light and darkness? What do you see in common between a believer and a non-believer? The two don't mix. And the first mistake of the Israelites, they start to mix and mingle. And then before you realize it, it's, it's a pattern. They get into sin. First they mix with the with this strange group, and then the next thing they get into sin, and then the next thing will happen is that their enemies, the Canaanites, will come and conquer them. You know when you when you get into sin, sin will lead to destruction. Sin will lead to punishment. So the enemies will come and Whoop them behind and beat them up and... <laughs> and then before you realize it, then they come to their senses. They cry unto the Lord. They repent. They say, Lord, please have mercy on us. And guess what? God would do: God will raise up a judge. And the judge would save them. And deliver the people of Israel. And you would think that would be the end of the story. As soon as they are delivered. Just give them a few times. Before you realize they go right back. (laughs) You would think I'm talking about the Israelites. But you would think man. Pastor you must be talking about USA. That's our problem today. You want to know why we're dealing with COVID-19 or COVID-18 or Indian flu, Chinese flu, (laughs) Korean flu. It just goes on and on. (laughs) This is a pattern of behavior. God, in his grace and mercy, will raise up a judge. And then the judge will come and fight for them and save them, deliver them. But they go right back. Well, permit me to say this. Even the judges that God will raise up to help them, they always start, start up very good. And then they drop from being good to just being okay. And then from being okay, they drop into just being bad. And then from being bad, they become worse. What does that tell you? Human beings need something that only God can give. If you never hear anything else I have to say about this book of Judges, please grab hold of that reality. Are you listening to me? You need something that flesh cannot give you. I need something that flesh, that only God can produce. You can see a pattern of behavior. The Israelites, they're not just a bunch of bad people. They probably try, but their sinful nature, they never could make it. They never could hang. Look at how many people God tried. He tried Adam. It failed. He tried Noah. It failed. He tried Abraham. It didn't work out. He tried Isaac, Jacob. He tried Joseph. He tried Moses. He tried Joshua. Now he's still trying. Now he finds himself having to raise judges up to save these people. By the way, let me tell you a little bit about judges. Are you having fun? I hope you're enjoying this. I love the Bible. The Bible is really, it's really deep. So a judge in the Bible is not like the judge that you deal with in the courthouse. A judge back in the days in the Bible is like a tribal leader, a leader of a province. And for the most part, that judge is a military leader. The main reason why he or she is a judge is to fight for the people and deliver them. Hallelujah. I can stop there and preach. Isn't it funny that we got some people elected today to represent us, to fight for our interests? And many times they turn out to be a sellout. Hey, don't turn me up. What a sad story that God will raise somebody up to be a deliverer of his or our own people and then for that same person to turn out to be a sellout. I pray that you would never be a sellout to your people. I pray that you would never be a sellout to your own family. I pray that God will raise you up as a judge to deliver your people, to shine in this world of darkness. This world is looking for a judge, not in a courtroom judge. This world is looking for a deliverer, somebody that will make a way. I pray that God will make you stand out in your family. I pray you will stand out. In your career, I pray that you will stand out. In your profession. In your calling. You see me now, I just don't want to be a preacher in the town. There are a truckload of preachers. Hundreds. Probably thousands of preachers on earth. I just don't want to be another number. I want God to use me. I want to stand out. I want to be an Oracle of God that that when I speak, life will come out of my mouth. Hallelujah. (laughs) So that's what a judge is. He's a conqueror. She's a conqueror. She's a military leader. By the way, in the book of Judges, there were six judges in that book. How many did I say? Don't forget now, you've got to keep up. I don't keep up with the preacher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the first three judges, because I don't want to keep you here too long. I can do this all day, all year, you know. I love the Bible. The first judge that God raised up is called Etania Ethaniel. Forgive me for my pronunciation. And then God raised up another judge, number two judge. He's called He-hood. Are you listening to me? Then some people will call that judge He-hood. But I call him He-hood, you know. And the judge is Deborah. Some people will call her Deborah. I mean, I don't know how you... You pronounce this name. But these are human beings like you mean. Ordinary human beings. That God raised up. Whenever the people of God get in trouble. And whenever they come to their senses and they repent. And they cry up to God. Then God raised up a judge to deliver them. So first he raised up Ethaniel. Second, erase of Ehud, and third, he raised up Deborah. By the way, I can also comment about Deborah. Deborah was a woman. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know how some people go around and say, no, a woman is not supposed to preach. I wish I can really tell you how I feel about it, but I might insult some people. God can use anybody. God can use a donkey. <laughs> God can use a child, a man, a woman, a boy, or girl. Get over it. <laughs> look at the life of Deborah. Deborah was trying to be nice, you know. The enemies of Israel was messing with Israel. And Deborah said, okay, you guys, look, we need somebody to go fight these, these bastards. All of the guys, they were hiding in their foxhole. Deborah warned the please, if you all don't go fight for us, I'm a woman. If I go fight this battle, I'm going to win. And it will be in your record that it takes a woman to win the battle for the Lord. Guess what? None of those people said this. I wear, I wear pants in this house. Please. <laughs> anyway, let me get back in the spirit here. God used a woman. And she led the people of Israel. And she won. She won. It was a bloody fight. But that woman moved somebody behind. Hands down. Touch down. <laughs> Don't tell me what a woman cannot do. God made all of us different, but God can use all of us. Can I get an amen? <laughs> now, those were three judges. There were other three judges that you, you also need to be aware in the book of Judges. One of those Judges, the number four judge, is called Gideon. You probably have heard of Gideon growing up. See, Gideon, again, was an ordinary person. Why does God make Gideon? Remember the pattern? The people of Israel, God's people, they will start mixing and mingling with the Canaanites. And then, They begin to get into sin. And then before you realize it, they will open doors. Sin will open doors for the enemy to come in. And then, guess what will happen? Then the Canaanites will come and conquer them and whoop them behind. And now in their suffering, they will repent. They will realize they messed up. And they will cry out to God, Lord, no, please have mercy on I'm not making fun of them. Can I be honest with you? I've been where they are many times. I've had to humble myself, realize that I'm screwing up, and go to God and ask Him for forgiveness. Somebody said God is a, a God of a second chance. I wish I can testify. No, he's a God of many chance. I've been before him a second time, a third time, a fourth time, fifth time. I can keep on counting. If you would just come to your senses and realize whatever you're doing doesn't bring glory to God, doesn't line up with the word of God, doesn't agree even with your spirit, you can tell when you screen up. I know I can. <laughs> and just come to your senses like a pretty good son, pretty good daughter and ask God to forgive you and give you another chance. The good thing, my friend, God would do just that. That's why God raised up another judge, a deliverer, Gideon. And I wish I had more time to... To get deep in Gideon's testimony because the Bible says he used only 300 men to win a major warfare. Thousands of people signed up. But at the end of the day, God used only 300. You know why? God wanted to show Gideon and all the people that the battle is the Lord. You don't win battles in your own ability. You don't win battles because you're all dead. You win battles when God has got your back. Hallelujah. I feel like shouting right now. But you know what is so sad? Many of us would like to have Gideon's picture in our office, in our house as a hero. But the truth be told, there are some dark sides of Gideon. Gideon has a very bad temper. Are you listening to me? When you get a chance, read the book of Judges. You'll be amazed what you're going to find. Gideon has a very bad temper. And you know something else about this, uh, this that man of God? He started murdering his own people. I bet you'll be trying to change your mind about Gideon now. They never tell all the dark side about his story. He started murdering God's people, the very people God sent him to protect. I can stop and preach to all of you who are preachers out there listening to me. When God made you a shepherd, your job is to feed the sheep. Your job is to watch over the sheep. Comfort them. Your job is to protect them. Look out for their best interest. Not to take advantage of them. Gideon got so bad, he started killing the very people God sent him to protect. That's not a good story. It didn't end there. Gideon made an idol out of a piece of gold that he won one of the battles. Are you listening to me? And then as soon as Gideon died, guess what? The people started worshiping that idol. It was not a pretty ending. Again, you remember what I told you about those judges? They will start good. And then they will drop to okay. And then they will drop to bad. And then they will drop to wars. There's a lesson there. If you're a leader, if you're a pastor, if you, if you, if you are a parent, whatever God puts you over, make sure your record doesn't go from bad to okay, from okay, uh, from good to okay, from okay to bad, and from bad to worse. That's a story with a sad ending. The end of a thing ought to be better than its beginning. Say amen to that. (laughs) I pray right now that God will enable you to end well. It's not how fast you run when you start, it's really how you end. I pray that God will give you the grace to finish well, the grace to succeed in your field, the grace to complete your assignment on this planet Earth before you leave. It was a bad ending for Gideon. And then there was another judge. Oh, I wish I had more time. I love this, this Bible, you know. The next judge that God used, his name is Jephthah. Jephthah is an interesting judge. The people of Israel, again, follow this narrative. They start mixing, mingling, they get into sin, and then they open the door for the enemy. Their enemy come and whoop their behind. <laughs> I have some other decorative choice of word for that, but I'm not going to use it now. And then they get defeated, they get conquered, just like you and me sometimes. We allow sins in our life, and we messed up. And then we open the door for the enemy, and the enemy come and whoop up behind. And now we, we're talking at Tom, ignoring the fact that we open the door for the enemy to come in. And then when we repent, God raised a deliverer. By the way, in the case of you and me, our deliverer is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I can preach that all day. Jephthah was an ordinary human being. The people of Israel, they went to him. They said, we need your help. Another thing you need to know about Jephthah, he was more of a thug. Uh, like the folks we have right now in government. <laughs> you know kid. <how> scared. <laughs> oh goodness. Just thug, just 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 mafia kind of. Leadership. i do what I was. i knock you out. <laughs> just, just some stupid things. But you know, Jephthah was like that. But the amazing thing, Jephthah achieved a lot. He fought the Ammonites. He destroyed the enemies of Israel. He was a judge. He whooped behind of. The people was God's enemy, just like they expected him to do. But there's two problems that you need to know about Jephthah. Number one, he did not know the God of Israel. Whoa. Hmm, That grips my heart just thinking about it. He is leading the people of Israel, but he has no clue who the God of the Israelites are. In fact, he confused, he was thinking of God Jehovah, Jehovah Jara, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Tiskunon. I mean, he confused him with the Canaanites gods. In fact, it got so bad, ladies and gentlemen, one time he was going to go, go fight a war. Guess what Jephthah did? Jephthah told God, he said, look, if you will allow me to win this battle, I will kill my own daughter. I will sacrifice my daughter to you. You know why a person would talk like that? Because he has no clue who God is. God, the maker of heaven and earth. He's not into human sacrifice, you know, asking you to kill your daughter, your son. Oh, just thinking about it makes me want to throw up. Jephthah didn't end well either. Let me tell you about one more, more, the number six, judge. My time is very limited. His name is Samson. Have you ever heard about his name before? All these six judges are in the book of Judges. Samuel, Samson, uh, was very promiscuous. Samson, very arrogant. Samson has much dishonor for God. And yet God using. God used him to kill a bunch of the Philistines. These were enemies of Israel too. Now, I'm sure, let me say this to you before we close. You need to know this. I need to be reminded myself. Have you noticed that all these people that God is using, they're all a bunch of screwed up people? I'm sure at the back of your mind you'll be saying, hmm. Wait a minute. Why is God always using these people? I want you to know why. Number one, those are the basic found in the land. Number two, just because God used people who are screwed up doesn't mean that God endorsed their screwed up. Think about what I'm saying. Let that soak in. Number three, you need to know, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why God will use anyone that he could find is because it's not about that leader. It's about the people. I'll be honest with you. Oh, I'm making a confession now. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I wonder why God will use me. But I say, oh, Lord, I can't handle this. That's the honest truth. But you know what I found out? It's not about me. It's about God's love for you, you the people. And God will work with whatever he can find. And maybe you are listening to me, and you say, well, God can never use you. You're thinking, well, I'm a drunk or whatever you think you are. Listen to me. If God can use something, God can use you. If God can use a thug like Jephthah, God can use you. If God can use a murderer like Gideon, idol worshiper, God can use you. I can go on and on. Not just in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. God is very concerned about his world, about his creation, about his people. He loves his creation. He loves his people. And if you will make yourself available, God can use you. Can I I testify? (laughs) Hallelujah. If you will let God use you, listen to me. God will take care of you. God don't take advantage of people. No man, but hallelujah. (laughs) Some of you preachers, listen, listen. I beg you in the name of Jesus. No man, the Bible says, who have left their father, their mother, their brothers, their sisters, their nephews, their cousins for the sake of the gospel will go without reward in this planet and in the planet to, to come. You know what I'm trying to tell you? Serving the Lord pay off. Somebody say it will pay off after a while. Let me testify. It will pay off right now. If you can sing, you better begin to sing your heart out for God. If you like the brothers here doing technical stuff, they run camera, they do digital stuff, they work on the computer. Whatever you know how to do, get to work, get busy. See, I was not trying to be a preacher. I got me a day job. Are you listening to me? I have a terminal degree. I'm a lawyer. I'm not saying this to to impress you. I'm not saying this to brag. I'm like Paul, But at some point in my life, I found out all of that is nothing but dung. Poo-poo. The best decision I ever made in my life is to allow God to use me. I hope that you will do the same thing. These judges were raised up by God because God needs somebody. And I believe In today's USA, I don't know what state you are as you're watching me right now. Believe me when I tell you God can use you. God needs somebody where you're located right now that he can use for his glory. The people of Israel were going the wrong way, got so bad at the end of the book of Judges, they started fighting themselves. They had a, a big civil war. In fact, the, the first civil war in the Bible is in the book of Judges. It is a civil war because Israel is not fighting their enemies now, they are fighting themselves. I can preach over that. Does, does that not sound like you're made today in the city? <laughs> How my people fighting each other. Right there in the city hall. Ain't that something? Hey, don't turn me off. I am amazed how real the Bible is today. Instead of us to combine our effort to fight the enemy of our soul, to fight the enemy of our community, to fight the enemy of our people, now we are fighting each other. Ain't that something? That's how bad it was. You know, let me say this, and I I are close because they've been giving me time now. They say, you need to wrap this up. (laughs) But you can tell I'm enjoying myself. The saddest verse in the book of Judges is Judges chapter 21. I believe it's verse 25. It says, in those days, there was no king. Uh, there was no king. And everybody was doing what they thought is right in their own eyes. You know what is so sad about that verse? That was the ending of the book, by the way. That's exactly what is going on right now in you and world. We're living in a a world in a generation where nobody could tell you what to do. You think you're all that. You don't listen to nobody, not to preach not to parents, not even to your own self. Everybody just do what they think is right in their own eye. Now you wonder why we're in such a big mess today. Take note of the phrase in that ending that says, the reason why people are doing whatever they think is right in their own eyes is because there was no king. I would not want to leave this lesson without calling your attention to the real king of your soul. The reason why you may act ugly the reason why we indulge in sin, the reason why we're off and on, up today, down tomorrow, hot today, cold tomorrow, and we're going zigzag—I see—we have no principle, no 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 focus. Could it be like the Israelite? We're doing what we think is right in our own eye. Because there's no king in our life. Who is the king of glory? The Bible says, lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be ye lifted up, ye everlasting door. The king of glory will come in. Who is the king? (laughs) The Bible says, the king is the Lord Jesus Christ, strong and mighty, mighty in battle. Can I be brutally honest with you? You would never really have peace until you make Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior. See, under the screen there, there's a number there. There's a reason why that number is there. If you're like the Israelites, you just doing what you think so it's right. You really don't know what's right. You really don't know what's wrong. And the Bible is saying you need a king in your life. Not just you. I need a king. You need a king. We all need a king. And the real king is Jesus Christ. They tried everything else. They tried Adam. It didn't work. They tried Noah. It didn't work. They tried Abraham, it didn't work. They tried Isaac, it didn't work. They tried Jacob, it didn't work. They tried Joseph, it didn't work. They end up in slavery. They tried Moses, it didn't work. They tried Joshua, it didn't work. I mean, they tried all these judges. Ethaniel, it didn't work. Heywood, it didn't work. Deborah, it didn't work. Gideon, it didn't work. Jephthah, it didn't work. Samson it didn't work. I can just go on throughout the whole Bible. No flesh can help you and me. You take God. Let me encourage you to make Jesus Christ your King, your Savior, your Lord. Your life will never be the same again. If you really want to join, I'm not talking about joining a church. Forget it. That's cheap stuff. If you really want to to be a child, a son, a daughter of Jesus Christ, you want to make him your king, call that number under the screen. There are ministers of the gospel, just like me, who have been trained to pray with you and to lead you. And I want to, even before you make that call, I want to welcome you into the kingdom of God. Believe me when I tell you, this may be the best day of your life for deciding to follow Jesus. Thank you for listening. I love you. And I can't wait to see you next week. God bless.